Thanks for listening to the Drummer's Weekly Groovecast. You can contact the show at twitter.com forward slash dwgroovecast and through Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Drummer's Weekly Groovecast. Good evening. I am warning you right now, if you touch my drums, I will stab you in the neck with a knife. Ain't a book. We're gonna straighten out? No, we had a problem. I mean, uh, we tried to do everything we could. What do you mean? Well, you know what I mean. Nice! Little trouble there. You're rushing. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to this week's edition of the Drummer's Weekly Groovecast. It's the allergy edition. <laughs> I'm your host, General Malaise. Say hello to my co-host, Captain Trips. How you doing over there? Huh? I'm telling you, we're going to be lucky if we make it through this one. My head's a foggy. Well, there's kind of, it's kind of a normal thing. Like people assume musicians are foggy. For many different reasons, so maybe it'll fit right into our general subject matter of music. More importantly, did you like my new car I drove over today? I normally drive a black SUV. It was recently traded in for a yellow one. Tony Williams yellow. Tony Williams pollen yellow. That crutch trip got you spending money on more things than drums. Man, I, I make. I think it makes me drive better. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you put, you drive faster, probably more creatively, like weaving in and out of traffic and such. For for those who are not aware of what we're talking about, there is a death plague that annually sweeps through the Atlanta area. Um, it's somewhere close to a locust style plague of pollen that basically, even if you're, even if you're not technically allergic to it which i don't think i am it is a significant irritant to anything that breathes most definitely so what man i'm I'm foggy (laughs) quit looking at me like that we're just we're going to be scuffling today i i can hear i can hear the collective telephones and podcast players clicking off any second to (laughs) (laughs) but no Potheads rambling on about. We need a cough button this week. I mean, absolutely for sure. But I don't know. It's kind of one of those things, man, when I was driving over here today, I couldn't concentrate, man. My freaking mind was all over. I can't make my mind work, John. It's all over the place. Mm -hmm. I had all these. It could make for interesting listening today because I think we do have a solid topic, or I know we got a solid topic. But, man, it's going to have a tendency to drift off, sir. That's for sure. (laughs) Hang on tight. Well, anyway, folks, before we jump into that, just wanted to talk about a couple things really quick. One thing that just happened earlier uh, today before we were recording this, we received uh, a very nice email from a listener that was really singing the praises of uh, Paul Cooper and the Gretsch episode that we did a couple weeks ago, which that thing continues to be an outperformer, John. I love it. There uh, should yeah. be. 
yeah, it's it's way up there in the thumbs up and the likes list. Uh, and then th- said good willing listener, uh, why don't you guys go check out Noble and Cooley? Well, I would love to do that, but Noble and Cooley is not a four hour drive. Yeah, we need like a Delta endorsement. Yeah, which is what we're hinting at. We we either need a good crowdfunding or a Delta endorsement to get us up to the Boston area where those guys are located. We'd love to do something with Noble and Cooley, but as of right now, uh, I do have a gig up in Boston coming pretty soon, but I mean, I'm so old that all my fly-out travel dates now, it's all about self-preservation, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, How soon can I get back to the airport and come home? Yeah, so, yeah, the, the, the Noble and Cooley thing would probably have to be a dedicated trip, but we do appreciate the sentiments that you guys thought we did a good enough job to where you're requesting some other factory tours. John and I are throwing some stuff up against the wall right now. You never know. Something uh, cool might happen again fairly soon. I, I sure hope so. Well, <laughs> if we can... yeah, it's all about, look, the truth of it is it's all about relationships. You yeah. know, that's how we ended up at Gretsch. And uh, that's kind of just, the nature of this business, you know, if you think about your career, you think about opportunities, man, typically it's someone, you know, singing your praises or hooking you up. And that's kind of how the organic way things come about. And I think that's what will happen with the show. Yeah. I look forward to seeing how it, how, what, what transpires. Yeah. The, not one single interview or special show that we've done has been one of those things where we force the issue. It's kind of one of those things where it was, sort of symbiotic where we had somebody that knew somebody and we were able to get in touch with them and the other person on the other end was like absolutely let's do it and you know we just ended up doing it so that's kind of how we we run the show over here so anyway that's 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 the best way to we do appreciate the sentiments folks and as always stay in touch with us now uh before we jump into the show also i want to talk about the contest that we are running um don't forget Sometime here in a couple weeks, we're still keeping it a little bit loose, but but we are going to, uh, let's go ahead and we'll hold our feet to the fire, John. Uh, on the next episode, we're going to give a firm drawing date. How's that? I like it. We'll say that. And to get entered into this contest, all you have to do is point your browser to the iTunes website, go to our Drummer's Weekly Groovecast homepage and leave us a written review. That's right, a written review. You can't just click the stars because we don't know who you are. So we've already gotten some nice reviews that have been added since we started this contest. The prizes are a 10-inch Peisty 20 Series Splash, and the other prize is a Gretsch T-shirt. And whoever gets drawn first, whoever the first prize winner is, you can choose what you want. The only thing that we are putting on as the caveat is that we are not sending anything outside of the continental United States. It's too much of a hassle with customs, and it's too much shipping. So there you have that. And Sorry. Uh, in my delirium state of allergy-induced fogginess, I just wanted to remind everyone that John has said if we get 50 new reviews... We will Facebook Live him being strapped into a lawn chair, adding helium balloons to the point to where he will float 1,000 feet above his cul-de-sac. So if you want to see something really cool, we got to get to 50 reviews. Thanks, John. I appreciate that. What? 
I told you this is going to be an interesting show. All right. A thousand feet. That's it. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a BB pistol where you can, after you get to a thousand feet, shoot one balloon at a time to gently lower yourself back down to earth. And I don't know what allergy medicine you're on, but none. That's the problem. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Boy, like I said, we might be in for something today. Are you going to blow up the balloons? No, man. It's got to be helium. I can't do it with my own air. You're not oh, going yeah, anywhere, true. bro. Now, if we wanted to really make it interesting, let's say this. Let's add. We're going to add to it. If we get 75 new reviews, John's going to do it with hydrogen. That way we could potentially have a Hindenburg-style accident on the way back to the ground. Awesome. Oh, the humanity of it all. Hey, I'll be out of debt. Hey, that's one thing I've always liked about John. He always looks at the positive side of things. Exactly. Got to in this allergy-induced state of goofiness <laughs> that we're both in right now. But anyway, guys, um, as we talked about earlier, we love getting these uh, emails and communications from you guys. We've got a lot of new Twitter followers as well. Um, you can always reach us through Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Drummers Weekly Groovecast. You can tweet us at twitter.com uh, forward slash DW Groovecast. Follow us there at DW Groovecast, as the kids like to say. And you can always email us at our traditional email account, which is drummersweeklygroovecast at gmail.com. John, it made me start thinking all the kids are using Instagram these days. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe we should. Throw an Instagram account up there. I don't know. Well, that's fine. I could do that. I'm telling you, man, my mind is racing a mile a minute right now in this Ooh. weird fogginess. It's going to be a tough one. All right. We're going to put together an Instagram account. He said it. All right. Um, we'll let you know. On to the topic. Onward hey. and upward. Like I said, it's going to be a rough one, guys. It's going to, there's going to be some non non sequiturs. There's going nah, to be come we're on, going to we're fly going to off the handle. We're going to do 180 degree turns at any moment. I could just vent on this topic and it'd be interesting. Stick and move, baby. Stick and move. <laughs> um, so it hit me uh, a few days ago because I just had a student that ran into an issue with sitting in. And then I ran into just not not really a problem, but just the communication aspect with someone that I didn't know that was going to sit in on an event that I was playing. And so I thought, you know, I'm not the only one that runs into these issues. Anybody who is gigging for a living inevitably has someone come in to ask to sit in and play your drums and then vice versa. Also, I think it's probably important for us to talk about the decorum for you as a drummer going in somewhere and asking to sit in and play. So or I thought, being asked. Or being asked to right. sit in, right. And so I thought, John, let's do a podcast, and we'll call it The Art of Sitting In. Ta-da. Yay. Yeah. My favorite thing to do. Wait. That's the allergies talking. I hate sitting in. Honestly, man, I, I've got to be just in the right mood. Yep. I mean, I've got to be just in the right mood. And even if I do sit in a lot of times, it's maybe like one song. Get me out of there. You know, and I don't know why. It, I don't know if, if it's one of those things where I don't necessarily want to be noticed. Because a lot of times it's one of those things that as drummers, first off, we're always 
assume the role of being sidemen, assume the role of being timekeeper, assume mm-hmm. the role of being a supporter, a complimenter, right? And a lot of times when you sit in, it feels like you're being featured. Oh, you know, I, I, that's, I hate that. I got to be just in the right mindset, brother. I'm not a, a person who needs to be featured. Yeah. Well, I've almost thought, I think the last few times I've sat in, I was almost forced to. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. It's like, oh, God help me. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's let's talk about a few of those God help me style stories. I think I think that uh, talking about some of the weird scenarios that can happen, and hopefully, you folks learning from some of our mistakes. And uh, I'm going to tell a few little stories in order from least severity to Armageddon. Uh, yeah, and and then that way you guys can can kind of learn uh, from our mistakes, and then we'll talk about how you can avoid this stuff. Because let me tell you. I've learned over the years there's a few really good tricks of the trade that will save you a little bit of angst. And it's kind of one of those things you can, there's a few things you can say to folks that a lot of times there's not really a good comeback for them, even if they're the most pushy of folks, you know. So a few of the things that have happened to me in the past that are sure gig momentum and just attitude killers. Uh, John, I was on a gig one time where it was a large... uh, private event sort of thing Mm -hmm. and um i think everybody who has played in these large corporate style party bands and these corporate uh, event bands one of the things that we are really relied on to do is when we are performing um we make a lot of basic just quick transitions virtual segues between songs no dead time no dead time right boom 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 we go from song to song to song keep that floor yeah keep that floor going we use sort of the the jukebox dj mentality right Mm -hmm. of going from song to song to song well it came to our attention uh that one of the head folks that was cutting the check was drummer wanted to sit in and he was a nice enough guy and spoke to him either on a break or before the uh, before the actual gig started. And it was agreed, you know, hey, yeah, we'll go ahead and let you sit in, man, you know. We'll make this thing happen. Well, there was one little minor detail, John, that was, it was literally the beginning of the kill of the party. Because the guy was an okay player. Mm-hmm. But, bing bong, he was a left-handed drummer cue the sad trombone and so this is one of those events where everything was mic'd every drum hi-hat overhead the whole nine yards so we literally had to turn at least move the the snare floor tom hi-hat over then the applicable mics had to move over so this was not a 15 second transition where one guy gets up, one guy sits down, the next song goes. So there's scenario number one. Communication. If it's a left-handed, left-footed drummer and you're on a right-handed setup or vice versa, it's probably not a good idea. All right. Uh, Scenario number two. Um, Sometimes, even if your communication's good, Sometimes the other person on the other end doesn't follow through with what they say they're going to do or what they're all about. And basically what that means was I was in an event one time where we had an opening band. We were the main band, so the opening band is going to use my drums. After a brief conversation, 
that this person was just a good player and was just going to be a very kind of uh, laid-back, chilled-out gig. He literally beat the holy crap out of my drums. And I don't have 100% proof of that, but I am relatively sure that it ended up in a crack in a cymbal. Oh. So there's that, too. And it, and it primarily, this, this also comes from uh, either a lack of communication and or not knowing the drummer, because I didn't know this guy. All right, but being a good guy in that standpoint got me a... We'll say it's a crack symbol. And now we go to Armageddon, John. We go to the worst possible story. And I will say, as far as sitting in, this actually pretty much breaks every rule and law of decorum and really just being a good human being, this one does. I mean, this is one of those things that if it didn't happen to to me, if somebody's telling me a story, I'd almost have a problem believing it. But I do have corroborators that were on this gig with me that saw this happen. I was playing a club gig in downtown Atlanta. I think most people know that downtown Atlanta and, and the surrounding areas, it's a big convention town. Mm-hmm. And we were playing in a club, and there was a big convention in town. club we were playing was jam-packed. I was playing in a little jazz trio. And in the middle of one of our breaks, I had one of the uh, convention attendees come up. He was from Chicago. He said, hey, man, I'm a drummer, play gigs around Chicago. I'm down here as part of this convention for business. I got some of my business compadres that are here, which ended up being, I think there were a lot of chicks there he wanted to impress. No doubt. Yeah. And he said, I'd love to sit in. And I said, man, I don't know you. I said, I don't know you. And I said, on top of that, the band that I'm working with, we just don't let people sit in unless it's somebody we intimately know that we've worked with before. Uh, the guys that I work with are just not comfortable with it, you know? And uh, so I said, it's just, it's not a good time, man. It's not good timing. And this guy would not back down. And I just finally had to get a little bit rough with him. I just said, man, you're you're going to have to back off. You're not sitting in. I don't care what the scenario is. And so I thought, well, that's that. Okay, he's gone. So we go up and play another set. And I can see him, he's still sitting out in the audience, and he's got his table full of folks out there. So we take another break. And what we do is, or what we did, is we would step outside the door. And it was it's in a the downtown area, sort of like Manhattan. So we were just kind of hanging out on the sidewalk, as club musicians would want to do. Well, about three minutes into our breaks, I hear, <clears throat> excuse me, allergies, I hear my drums being played. <gasps> and I am... I'm a grand total of 25 feet away from the drums. I walk in, and here's this jackass sitting down, just shredding solo-style gospel chops. I literally walked up onto the stage and just grabbed the sticks out of his hand in (laughs) mid-play. And, I mean, it had to be totally humiliating to him, but he deserved it. Absolutely. And he was threatened with being escorted out or leaving on his own, and he chose the latter. But that, folks, is absolutely the way to never do business as a human being because essentially what he told me was is that after he after I told him for a solid five minutes to back off and that there was absolutely no sitting in regardless of what was going on he went to the bartender and asked the bartender if it was okay 
to play my drums. And so as I was escorting him out of the building, I basically told him, hey, it's okay. You can run behind the bar and have anything you want. That's awesome. I think you understood. So there's my story, John. Well, as crazy as it sounds, I had the exact same thing happen to me. And you know where this guy was from? I'm going to say Chicago. Correct. Insanity. So the moral of his story is drummers from Illinois suck. I like that. Wait a minute. That's the allergies talking, brother. Wait. I, 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 crap, I just painted myself in a corner, didn't I? No, I, I, I'm going to say, man, that that was your moment of clarity. I suck. No. Dang it. It's all hey, good. Hey, all, all, I'm good. not kidding. When Phil sent me over an outline of this uh, show, and it said Chicago story. And I was like, whoa. And I thought, man, it might even be the same guy. Because this dude just literally mm-hmm. bugged me about sitting in, would not stop. I go on a break. I'm down the hall. I hear drums. I come back. Just give him peace of my mind, and he's arguing with me and all this stuff. He's like, "Man, in Chicago, everybody lets everybody play." I said, "Man, that's a bunch of crap. I'm from there. I know a bunch of people from there, a bunch of drummers from there. Oh, who do you know?" Named off like six prominent drummers. Starts backing down, you know. It's like, don't pull that. Nobody, I don't care where you're from. Nobody's like just gonna let you sit in without their, you know, approval. So it's just such a, that's just the most BS thing I've ever experienced as far as that goes. I know. And, you know, both of those stories, I mean, at the very minimum, it defies and just breaks the rules of being a professional musician. Mm-hmm. It, it defies and breaks the rules of just like humanity, man. I mean, it's ridiculous. That is just, it's just, yeah. It's just like, I, 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 I'm just going to drive your car, even though you didn't say I could. Yeah. No. But that 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 that's a great point. You know, mo- no pro I know would do that. Yeah. Never. You know, there's a there's an unwritten rule and and understood respect as far as that's concerned. I, I was thinking about when, when you were talking earlier. I was thinking about uh, the the common scenario of like. And it all okay, like it's like you're playing a wedding maybe, and little cousin Timmy plays mm-hmm. drums, mm-hmm. and you know inevitably you're in the most the most miserable room for uh, to play drums in when mm-hmm. this happens. I swear it happens every time, like the gig where you could blow on a drum and you're too loud. And yeah, and, yeah. So little Timmy wants to sit in. Yeah, okay, whatever. And you know that you're just getting worn out about volume for like an hour and a half, two hours, and then little Timmy comes up and of course just starts bashing away, and everybody's standing up there videotaping and cheering like, "Yeah, you're amazing, you're amazing!" And and it's just like you're just standing there, and there's people looking at you, and then looking at him, and man, he should, he's amazing, he should get that gig maybe. You know, just dumb stuff, but it's like so inappropriate on every level. And and it's just, I hate standing there like, oh, you know, what? And you just, people from the bandstand are looking at you like, what is happening? 
I, I just I hate that scene, man. Well, every once in a while, you're pleasantly surprised. Right. Yeah. I, I was actually <clears throat> the last time I had someone sit in very pleasantly surprised. That's cool. Uh, with with a with a legitimate pro that was very respectful of of the drums and the situation that he was in. Which, they didn't readjust everything to n- no, and that that's what we're going to talk about. Seven inches away from where it was. Yeah, and th- that's that's the real crux of this show is we're going to talk about the the we'll call them the rules for people sitting in on your gig, and then we'll give the rules that we like to use for our own personal sitting in when we're being either invited or if we go to a jam session asked mm-hmm. to get sit asked to sit in. So first and foremost, let's talk about your. The drummer on the gig and somebody wants to sit in. No. That's rule numbers one through 179. But they will wear you down to get to 178. Right. So here we go. First thing is this, and you heard me already mention it on on one of the stories we talked about, and that is um, the band, the entire band needs to agree. 100%. Everybody who's playing with the person that is sitting in they should agree that it's cool. Hard to disagree with that one, isn't it? Nah, that's that's yeah, that's pretty fair. But because I mean, aside naturally from the fact that this person's going to be using your drums and potentially abusing them, the other thing is this: is that the the other people that are playing with him have to play with him. Was well, so, I going to get abused too? There you most go. Most of the time, yeah. I I think uh, you, I, I have a, a pretty cool situation in that in my main gig. The band leader will take the heat. Yeah. If I'm not feeling it, I don't tell the person that wants to sit in or the client that wants someone to sit in. I just say to him, and I'm not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And he'll take the heat. That's a good. That's a and good he'll scenario. just say, "Yeah, oh, we don't have we we just we don't have people sit in. That's just our policy, you know." And and he'll use things like, "Oh, you know, John uses in ears. It's hard to hear. There's, you know." That the the flow of the party suffers. He he has a lot of great deflecting deflecting excuses, but one of those things you mentioned, we're going to really elaborate that on that in a minute because there's there's a couple of really good, yeah, really good but, excuses you. Can but use. I don't have to be the bad guy, which is really cool. That is that is excellent. If you got somebody that's running point on yeah, that, that, that is that's very good. That uh, you know you don't have a half the people at some party all pissed off at you then. So it's like yeah. It's cool. Now, part two that kind of goes hand in hand with part one, you know, if it's one of those things where the band agrees, hey, you know, we're not going to allow someone to sit in. Now, if it is a situation where there's somebody that everybody mutually knows, everybody knows they're a good player, they're a respectful player, and they happen to be there and ask to sit in, or even you could even ask them to sit in, then it's fine. Now, that that I'm going to say is one of, that's that's the first big exception to the rule is that if you do know someone with that, then I'm cool with that. Yeah, that, that, that that's clearly. I mean, if you came to my gig, no one's going to have any problem with you sitting in. That's just a wholly different scenario. Yeah, because you know you're just running blind with who's going to come up when it's you know presented to you. Yeah, and you don't know them. That it just gets really dicey to me. Now, I'm going to say that all the folks that I've let sit in, you know, that I know, you know, that's that it's a good mutual understanding, they make minimal to no 
adjustments mm-hmm. on the set. So that is another that's another big thing that I think should be an understanding you know going up front is that you know yeah maybe you know you can adjust the seat height a little bit that type thing but you know you run the risk of getting into that first scenario that I talked about where you've got a left-handed drummer and all of a sudden the entire drum set is turned around oh let me take that uh tom-tom off and put it on a snare stand for the two tunes that I sit in on how's that is that cool so there's there's a there's a good rule for you. Well, I mean, even minor adjustments though, because you come back, you know, you got to get your ears in, you got to get this thing, to, yeah. you know, all set up again, the the flow of the party, you know, it's like, so be respectful in that regard, you know, if someone's coming back. There's nothing worse than coming back and your kit's out of whack, and then you're just like uncomfortable. It's your gig, but yeah. this shouldn't be the case, right? That's just you know that that's just show the respect not to go haywire on moving everything again you know i think that that is for for most of the folks that we know that we would allow with with no caveats to sit in on a gig they would they would respect that oh definitely yeah i don't i don't think that's that's a thing like i have a hard time going to a jazz jam session because i I really i don't play a lot of jazz so it's like i i really need to be comfortable and Mm -hmm. if a setup is really different it, it it's it's difficult for me to play i can't get my brain to adjust very well and, and so i just i don't do that a lot it, it's difficult for me to sit in on that's a, a, a groove gig i can kind of get through it yeah that's one of the primary reasons man why i don't like sitting in that much is because and again we'll get to some of these reasons in a little while but one of the reasons that i don't like sitting in a lot of times is if the kit is not set up in a in a way that's ergonomically satisfying to me, yeah, I I just rather not do it. It's a drag, you know. Yeah. So next thing, I'm a firm believer, and this is especially true on like uh, club gigs, that uh, I think sit-ins should happen in the last set if it's not a jam session. You know, if it's one of those things where it's a, where it's just a regular gig and somebody wants to sit in, the later in the night, the better. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's that's just one of my things. Now, I want to also throw throw into the equation as we go through this list of like tips uh, about a few folks you should be aware of. And you've already mentioned one, John, and that is the pushy friend or the pushy family member. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got a I've got an even weirder sort of reason for why. Um, that bothers me. I know that you've got the whole thing where you were talking about where you've had family member come up and say, hey, we've got little Tommy who wants to come in and play, and he gets up there and plays loud as crap, and you're being kind of directly measured by this guy and all this <laughs> other stuff. But here's another thing, man. I had a situation happen years ago where a kid uh, sat, he really nice kid. He was maybe 12 or 13 years old and had a rather pushy family member that wanted him to sit in. And honestly, man, this kid just did not play well, and he ended up getting embarrassed. And the biggest thing that I've got about that, or the biggest issue that I have with that, is that that's the kind of thing that you can actually turn a kid away from playing by having him embarrass himself by being forced to play on a 
somebody's drums that he's not familiar with. B, he's just really not ready for it as well. And C, he's kind of, you know, humiliating himself in front of his peers and his family. Terrible. So that, I want everybody to, to really think about that one as well. I mean, it can, it can actually turn a potential good player off from wanting to perform or play. Yeah. So that's another way to look at it. And then the other one is the, we'll call him the pushy pro. I'm using my air quotes. The pushy pro. He's somebody that comes in, throws his qualifications on the table immediately. Man, I'm the drummer for this star band. I want to sit in. Man, I, I we mentioned, you know, when Little John was in here that back in the mid-90s, man, I was on gigs and I had all kinds of drummers that played for Janet Jackson want to sit in. <laughs> yeah. They didn't realize that I knew that John was on the gig. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, that's the other person. Be aware of the pushy pro who wants to, he wants to put his credentials on the table immediately. I was like the guy that's kind of, He's sort of in that same camp as a pussy pro, and he'll he'll be that ever popular. Like, yeah, man, I used to play full time, but then I wanted to make some real money. Yeah, man, that's like what an insulting piece of shit you are. Sorry, <laughs> mom, I'm I'm sorry, but come on, man. That, that- I, I, I most people that would say that they probably just weren't good enough to continue playing. Okay, here, here, here goes the old foggy allergy mind here running a mile a minute. It just made I got me, allergies in my mouth. Uh, obviously, it, it it made me made me think when you said that. I actually had a guy similar come up to me one time and say that he used to do it for a living and he doesn't do it anymore. That he's doing like a you know a square gig now, and he just let it rip, man. He just let it slip. He goes, "So what do you make? Come on, man. God, how you like that?" That's pitiful. Yeah. So you had mentioned earlier that one of your band leaders was the kind of fellow that liked to be the, he liked to be the guy that you could throw the blame on, right? Right. And there's a lot of good stuff that you can use. And we've already given you a little bit of ammo, mm-hmm. but let me tell you, the communication that you have with somebody prior to setting, to uh, somebody asking to sit in is going to be crucial. And if you want to steer them in that direction of like, hey, no, you know, you don't want to do this thing. Some of the ones we've already mentioned are really good. One, you can't adjust anything, right? Mm-hmm. Two, if there's any damage done to anything, pits and drum heads, which I actually had that happen one time, but a guy actually paid me money for, for drum heads. Pit, wow. Yeah, pits and drum heads. I've never had that luxury. Man, th- dude, that actually happened. Check this out. I actually uh, rented a kit one time to, uh, I'll go ahead and say it, is Judy Collins's drummer, who I think might have been her husband at that time. And they were a set of, remember, do you remember back in the late 80s and early 90s, there was a drum head company called Compo? Mm-mm. Yeah, Tony Williams endorsed those heads for a hot minute in between his dalliances with Black Dots. And uh, they were supposed to be a, uh, a good s- solution to calf skin. Mm. That's what they were. And so uh, I told this guy I had some compo heads on there, and uh, he was cool with it. He tuned them down really low, though, and pitted them because those heads didn't want to 
wouldn't, didn't want to tune down that low, mm-hmm. you know. But he was really cool about it, man, and gave me money and replaced them, so it's no big deal, right? That's nice. Yeah, so anyway, getting off, again, allergy heads. That's like probably the one time ever in the history of man that happened. And it happened to me. You're a lucky guy. Drew the long straw on that one, didn't I? And uh, the other thing is this, is always I always put the governor on the songs, and, and I always tell him, I always go, all right, if you're going to do this, you got two songs max you don't get to choose mm-hmm. you know because these other guys up here man are the ones that are having to deal with changes and you know melodies and whatnot so you know you're going to have to be at the you know the mercy of these guys and you know this is not your you know be all end all show all thing you're not going to do a uh, 12 minute john bonham solo ending with a gong blast at the end right and then Finally, and this is probably my newest and bestest, most favorite thing, and you've already mentioned it. On any of my volume gigs that I do, I'm always using in-ear monitors, and I use in-ear monitors that are molded in-ear monitors. So even if somebody wanted to be gross and go, man, I'll just take your universal monitors and stick them in your ears, ain't going to happen. I use molded monitors, so I always tell them, I always go, hey. You got no monitoring back there, and better yet, if I just want to absolutely shut it down, I'll go, this band plays to sequences. If you can't hear the sequence, you're done. That's so, awesome. So that's 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 the end right there. That's the shut down moment at that. It's like, this band plays with sequences. This is what we do. So therefore, there's that. So there's just a few little rules for you guys. I can't use that sequence one. Just use it. They don't know. Everybody uses tracks, right? Yeah. I mean, no. Granted, that's not going to really do you any good if you're playing in a piano trio. I'm in one of seven bands in the world now that doesn't use tracks. So feeling left out. Who are the other six? Like the Gaither Trio? Yeah. Mike Veal Band. They'll never use it. That's legendary, man, around yeah. here. And uh, I don't. I'm pretty sure that uh iron maiden used to talk about not using synthesizers and whatnot but they broke that rule back in the late 80s i wonder if they're they've gone all the way down the rabbit hole of using sequences i wouldn't be surprised love nico though man i'm a fan of his awesome i'm sure he's happy backing me up there john guess you're not a fan what what? i like him he's a good player man i don't really know a lot about him to be honest with you i think he lives down in uh like West Palm, or something like that. He's not a limey anymore. Well, he's a limey, but he doesn't live in limey land. I was never, um, I was not a big Iron Maiden fan. I don't, not that I don't like them, I just don't really know much about them. Let me tell you, I would have bet anybody a big old sum of money on the way over here that this thing wouldn't have gone into Iron Maiden territory, but that's just yeah. where my mind's at right now. Well, I had a girlfriend in high school, so I didn't need to listen to, to that. So, are you intimating that I stayed in the basement and played Dungeons and Dragons while listening, while reading The Hobbit and listening to Iron Maiden? Don't put that on me, man. I'm talking about me, not you. Well, I'm going to talk about me now. Okay. I'm going to talk about my rules for sitting in. What you playing in the basement, Phil? Do you know they're getting rid of the uh, clearly more drums than I did? Shoe and Monopoly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. It, it is a virtual certainty that if I go to a gig that is not a jam session, I never 
and I will underline that, never ask to sit in. No. That's lame, man. Yep. So lame. Now, listeners, you can do what you want, but that's just my... But you'll be lame if you do. Yeah, and I mean, that's so John's basically saying he, he does the same thing, that if he actually goes to a venue where there is live music, if it's a friend playing, I don't go up and ask to sit in. I just don't. I want to enjoy my friends playing. I, I wholeheartedly agree. That's the whole reason I went. Yeah. Now, yeah, man, that that's that's not cool. Don't do that. Yeah. And if it is a jam session and I go to a jam session, it is 50-50. And I've got to be feeling it. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be a combination of a few things. One I mentioned earlier, it needs to be a drum set that I feel like I can sit down and play and not have to make any adjustments. Mm -hmm. And then two, if I want to be completely and totally honest and a bit selfish about the entire thing, if I don't like the rhythm section players, I won't sit in. You are such a cad. I thought you were going to say cat. Maybe you could could make them sound better. Maybe this story could best be, or at least your point, could best be uh, amplified by a quick story of, from John Von Olin. He once was talking with the great Jeff Hamilton in a lesson. Jeff Hamilton had mentioned to him that he had been offered the drum chair in Woody Herman's band. And John Von Olin said, well, what is the holdup? And Jeff said something along the lines of, well, I've heard the band recently, and the band just doesn't sound very good. And John, John Von Owen said, sounds to me like they could use a good drummer. Ah, I love it. Yeah. The Baron. The Baron, yeah, man. Absolutely. Keeping it real. He kept it real. All right. Um, if I'm going to sit in, two songs max. Max. And I never, never choose a song. The only time that I would ever choose a song is if, say, if somebody looks over and goes, hey, man, you want to play... Nika's Dream or something else, and I might go, yeah, let's do something else. You know? That's 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 as far as my choice will, will go in that. Uh, c- c- cute. Cute. Neil, Neil Hefty number, and I can throw a little sand on the floor and do some tap dancing. All right. You know? I got to I gotta see that. Right on. Um, minimal solo space for me, sir. Oh, man. I, I might trade some fours, mate. Maybe the good-natured chorus. Yeah. Uh, especially if the kit's not, if I'm not feeling the kit, that gets yeah. really squirrely. Yeah. And and I'll tell you this. I am, and I might even go overboard on this. Um, I'm going to be very restrained on playing on somebody else's kit. And that's especially true if I walk up there and it's a great kit. And let's say there's a couple old K's up there or something like that. Mm-hmm. Some Holy Grail style gear. I do not want to be the person that is going to be responsible for damaging something like that. Nope. You know? Bring out that magic touch that night. A- absolutely. And and I'll tell you this. I am, I'm such a weirdo about that kind of thing that I will go above and beyond that if something were to happen... Um, I, man, I would I would either be going to the ATM to help somebody out that night or replacing it right after that. Oh, most definitely. You know, I, I just I don't want that on my conscience, and I don't want it on my we'll no. call it professional resume. Well, that's just professional to offer that too. Yeah. 
And then my last little rule is no way am I going to be responsible for showing someone up. I'm not going to blow chops to blow chops to show somebody out. Very distasteful. I promise you there's someone in that room that will take that lead. There's right. always that guy around. Don't be that guy, but that that guy's going to be there. So let him let him suffer the misery of looking like a fool and pissing everybody off. Yeah. So don't let that be you. No. That's not good. Man, I was thinking about the last time I went to a jam session. A friend of mine was playing drums, and I was like, man, I don't want to play. I just would not. It's not my thing. And Jazz jam session, John? Yeah. And then the, the leader of the session I know as well, like, you want to play? No, no, I don't want to play. And I stayed a little too long mm-hmm. and kind of got forced into it. Like someone just got off the kit and said, we're not going to continue unless you play. And it's like, oh, God. So as I'm walking up, I tell the leader, like, man, I don't want to solo. Yeah, okay, cool. We start playing. I'm like just up there feeling less than excited about the whole scenario. And we're playing along and a couple solos. I'm like, oh, good. And I'm thinking, man, if I have to trade fours, no big deal. And the piano player, out of sheer just respect and, you know, being gracious was like gets some of the solo and he just hands it off to me and I'm just oh. my eyes are like this big around so he didn't he didn't he had hear. no idea okay, gotcha. I didn't want a solo he was just being great you know gracious and like hey man it's your turn and I'm just like <gasps> and I'm like oh god and I, the only thing I remember is like my friend who was leading the session like running up frantically to the oh, front yeah. of the stage like but starts playing you know like and he's looking at me like, man, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. And and it was clearly, it wasn't anything, no one was trying to put me in a bad spot. Just someone was being respectful under the general rules yeah, of right. playing, saying, hey, man, take your turn. And it was just like, and I was just like, ah, you know, like that's why sitting in for me is just a drag. I'm already trying to get comfortable with a setup, and then I'm not interested in showing what I got because <laughs> I got nothing. So right. it was like, it was just, it was misery, man. That, that's that's one of the kind of things that it's gonna it sticks with you also. Yeah, I mean, when you have that kind of thing happens, you know, only a few people, you know, realize that that was the scenario that you like went up and said, "Hey, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play, man. I'm not gonna do solos or fours or eights or anything like that." And then when it happens, and the all of a sudden you're standing there, it's like, "Okay, I just dropped my pants in front of a crowd full of people mm-hmm. here." Go oh, boy. I, and I'm also I'm mad enough go. to admit, you know, like. The insecurities, like uh, in that case, there was uh, a new drummer that had come to town, and he was out in there, and you know, he doesn't know me from Adam. Oh yeah, and you know the thing of it is, the leader of the the session and the drummer know what my strengths are, so they're not in any way, shape, or form tripping or thinking I got to do this or that. They know exactly what's up. But I'm like, uh, in my head, I'm like, oh, that guy's just going to think I suck. He didn't know what I'd do. So that's just further yeah, wreaking havoc on my, on the situation. And, you know, I mean, we're all, we all have our hangups. We all have our insecurities. And in that particular situation, I started focusing on someone that didn't know me, thinking like, oh, this guy can't play, you know. That being said, if we get 100 new reviews... 
John is going to show up for the next month of Tuesdays at the Jazz Jam Session here in Atlanta. No, it's going to be at the Knitting Factory in New York. Because I want to be so miserably yeah. out of context for me that the video will be viral within just for the sake of the show. I'm doing this for the show, baby. For the uh, show. For the show. Well, John, I think we you gave imagine some folks me at the Knitting Factory. Oh man, I, you mean with knitting needles I or think, with drumsticks? I, that, would, that would be the most appropriate thing for me to do is just sit there and knit a sweater while those guys are playing. You know what, man? I actually. If that were to happen, I would actually watch that on Facebook Live. Me knitting? Yeah. Yeah? Could Probably like stab myself in the hand or something. Like. I'd like some socks, please. Okay. Knit me some socks. I can make that happen. Be nice. I can't, but my wife probably could. She if not, her knit. friend could. That's old school, man. Yeah, they're like, they're like, they do that. Knitting and crocheting? I don't know. Again, once again, that's another topic I had zero possibility of showing up on Man, the show but it's just that pollen talking yeah i don't know john this is this is one of my favorite shows what'd you oh, say oh you that's the pollen talking it could be man you're nothing if not consistent well i appreciate that man i, I strive for consistency here hey look man a lot of people have a lot of opinions about sitting in and it's in your best interest in whatever scenario you find yourself in to hopefully have an idea of those people's opinions yeah, and follow suit. You know, if you don't, I think it's always best. Like I, if, if some band leader came up to me and said, Hey man, you got to play, you got to play. I'm talking to that drummer before anything else happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just respect. And more importantly, you know, surveying the situation, like, look, if it's some club or some party that's bumping, the dance floor is just rocking, this band's doing their job, I don't want to be the one to upend that momentum and that success by switching out and all this crap. So just just be mindful of the situation, you know, and don't don't sit in to serve yourself. You know, and now granted, at a session, if you want some people to hear you, that's all good. But just be respectful. But you know, if you're at a in that other situation where it's a band doing their business and all that, don't think, man, I got to impress this chick. I got to play. Just be cool. You know, don't do it. As, be invited, as Buford T. Justice would say. You can think about it. But don't do it. Man. Well, hopefully we gave you guys some. You called a Buford and Buford. I did, That's didn't cool. I? cool. I did. Man, I'll tell you. I would, again, never would have thought we'd have had a Smokey and the Bandit reference. Yeah. I wonder if people can hear this lozenge, man, I have in my mouth. I don't think the show. I didn't notice well, it. Well, let that cat out of the bag. I feel like, I feel like that. You're sucking. I feel, <laughs> I feel like that weird Jerry Lewis interview from like the 70s where he was wearing the dark glasses and had the lozenge in his mouth. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That real pretentious one where he's like, I'd like to talk about my time directing cinema. Oh, man. Oh, good stuff. Well, he had some out there moments. Yeah, he did. Well, anyway, guys, we hope we illuminated a little bit on this uh, topic of, of sitting in because it's it can be a really sticky situation and uh, 
it's one of those things that we hopefully gave you some graceful ways to get in and out of this uh, of this dilemma that might come up from time to time. And then again, hopefully we also gave you a little bit of ammo for when you run into some pushy folk as well. So as John said, be a good person when it comes to your turn to sit in or if you're going to ask to sit in. Choose the right time. Do not force your way in because if you've had someone trying to force their way in on your gig, you know what a disaster and what a just a generally uncomfortable and uncool uh, scene it is. So mm-hmm. anyway. Hey, if anybody yeah. um, runs into the someone sitting in without asking thing and uh, if they are able to like just punch that person in the face i'd appreciate it i'd like to live vicariously through you reliving that moment because i think i really wish i would have punched that guy in the face there's also a lot of states that are cool with concealed carry these days too john oh yeah yeah i don't want to shoot them i just want to hurt them i'll take that yeah that's good anyway we should probably edit that out because that could happen again and i could assault someone and then be premeditated and i'll get years tacked on golly me my big mouth hey john i'll take a look at it how's that all right don't punch anybody i'm kidding but geez man you sit down on a kit without asking that's just unbelievable i can't believe it happened to both of us too well you know the old saying, if it happened to both of us, it's happened to a lot of people that are listening to this Yep, I would, well. I would venture to guess that's true. Sure, go ahead, send us your horror stories. We'll read them on the next show. No, we won't. I, I, I need to put this behind me. I'll just get more worked up. Should we go on to our final segment? That makes day? me think about that kid I sold. Oh, the Gretch? Oh, oh uh, man. Yeah. See, it's just, it's just a, the depths of misery it could go to let's just don't send anything we're done good enough (laughs) fair enough i'm shutting down the email address if anybody sends anything you know that's that's the bill burr the comedian says the 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 surefire way to get out of any conversation no matter how tense it is is just go fair enough (laughs) that's true that's it and walk away fair enough so it works so john we're going to leave these folks today uh with our final segment of uh, some must-have gear, some gear that we carry around that we must have. And my piece of gear actually ties in beautifully with one of the parts of the topic that we were talking about today. Mm-hmm. Eh, yours doesn't, but who cares, right? Of course it doesn't. I'm all over the map. You want to go first or you want me to? No, you go. All right. So my piece of must-have gear uh, is not a piece of gear that directly relates to drumming or your drum set. It, we're going to say it's a, we're going to say it's a complementary part, John, and it's complementary in particular, or really only if you are in ear monitoring, which most of the kids are want to do these days, myself included, yourself included, and I have gone through a host of different. Um, monitoring situations. I have used uh, little personal headphone amps. I have used the traditional, uh, you know, wireless pack. Mm -hmm. And then I stumbled across this solution, which is, it's a small mixing console from Behringer. Um, And the, the piece of gear that I'm referring to, it is the Behringer 
Zenix 1002 mixer. Um, it, it, it says it's a 10 channel mixer or 10 input mixer, right? But I mean, primarily what you're looking at when you see it, you're going to see two places for XLR inputs and then you're going to see a bunch of, of inputs for just quarter inch right? Uh, you know, jacks. And it does have headphone outputs. It's got some things like uh, uh, it's got F- uh, effects capabilities. Uh, but let me tell you what I really like about it from a standpoint of being a very flexible personal monitoring system. One, it sounds good. Always a, a plus. It really sounds good. Um, it's got a ton of flexibility from the standpoint of all these different inputs. If you're a fellow who wants to run, uh, like if you're running sequences, if you want if you want to run a stereo in ear mix, you can run to a couple of different tracks, pan them accordingly, mm-hmm. and you know stereo yourself like crazy. So that's another good thing. Uh, let me tell you what I've done before also, John. I've done it where I've used multiple inputs where I've run uh, sequences in a channel. I have run a separate dedicated click in another channel, one that I had control over that was close by. And so that way I could I could actually run a click into that mixer and use it, for example, if I just wanted to get a count off that nobody else could hear. So I do that as well. And then... Another thing I really like about it is there it, on this mixer, of course, there's little channel strips. And on the channel strip, it's got, of course, its own dedicated gain. And bada boom, it has its own EQ strip. That is huge for a mm-hmm. drummer where you can dial in, in particular, a little bit of extra low so you can get the kick drum to speak properly. Also, your floor toms, get those things to come out a little bit more. If you need a little bit of snap on your overheads or your hi-hats, dial up just a tad bit of highs on the top. Um, mine has, I'm pretty sure, has, has a sweepable mid where I can dial out a little bit of the boxiness of the drums, uh, which is very nice to have as well. So there's a lot of good things to uh, just in the channel strip itself. Um, it's got a lot of headroom. Man, do you use the uh, headphone out? I do use the headphone out. And it will, let me tell you, it's got plenty, oh, plenty of juice, man. I mean, you can flat out blow your head off if you need be, if you need to. You know what I mean? But, I mean, it's the kind of thing, if you're using good quality in-ear monitors that seat real well and everything, it's got enough headroom to where also at low volumes you don't lose anything mm-hmm. as well. So it's it's very nice with that. And then probably most of our folks are going to find this the most appealing we're going to say it is very affordable and I mean very affordable to the point of being virtually disposable if anything goes wrong with it you can go on Amazon or your favorite retailer and have one at your house the next day if need be so that's my pick John nice I like it I I, I told you I think I have one sitting around here and I want you to look at it maybe I'll follow suit I say put it under your employ you'll enjoy it Cool. Um, I think today is my bass drum pedal, and I will tell you what I have, but I'm going to tell you why I'm picking it. Yes, sir. Um, I have had for about eight to ten years now a DW9000, and uh, I actually use the strap as opposed to the chain. Nifty, man. You're you're a renegade. You're a rebel. You're an old I, school. Did, did you live any any 
period of time in like Williamsburg, Brooklyn? No, mm. no. You still use a typewriter? No. I was not Sorry, a blacksmith. Man. Yeah. None of that. Again, allergy head got me on that one. Go ahead. I, I just stumbled onto this pedal. Um, I had been kind of fighting one that I had prior. And I was like, ah, I'll try it. I got a good deal on it. And I just kind of look, I just set it up how I thought I might like it because there's some, you know, it's adjustable in some sense. And, uh, man, I literally cannot think of a night that I fought this pedal. And I think most drummers know this. Like, you'll be playing a pedal and, you know, like one night it really clicks and it feels good. And the next night you might be doing like a 16th to 8th. Do, 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 you know something like that and it's just not quite locking in mm-hmm. I've never fought this pedal and it's not because it's a DW9000 it's just it's right for me and so I came to terms with the fact you know I have three or four pedals that I have in different hardware bags but I just really came to terms with the fact that I, I want that pedal on every gig I do it, including like it's straight psychologically a- just something straight ahead stuff you're doing yeah. like a piano trio and I might change the beater Okay. Like some like on one straight ahead gig I did it with I used uh one of those big felt lamb's wool kind of yeah. things. I I I I'll sometimes change the beater but just it just connects with me, it works with me and I just came to terms with the fact that that kind of sits in its own bag and I just mentally know I I'm bringing it to wherever I'm going no matter what hardware setup. I got three bags of hardware for different scenarios but I just it's kind of has to it's a go-to thing for me and you know it might be something to think about like if you kind of lukewarm on something you know you have one in one bag it's just not working it for me it's just work that i i I like that pedal uh, under every circumstance and it just makes me feel comfortable and what's more important you you got to feel comfortable well you know your your pedals i mean for in some sense of the word, I mean, it absolutely affects your balance mm-hmm. with how you're, I mean, you're not balancing like you're riding a bicycle or anything, but I mean, you know, your feet are not directly on the floor when you got one on the hi-hat, one on the, the bass drum pedal. So if your feet don't feel good on that pedal and you don't feel in balance and if you don't feel grounded, you know, on your throne with your feet on those pedals, it's going to affect everything you do. So that's a pretty strong test. Yeah. And and it's not like, you know, a snare drum. You can adjust the height. You can adjust the tilt. Yeah. A cymbal, the same thing, you know. If, you you know, you're doing patterns and there's just a certain angle that works well for you and and, and how it's facing you and all that. All You can adjust those so quickly on that. A pedal, you really don't have that luxury. So for it to be out of sight, out of mind, an extension of you, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of value in that and just something to think about, uh, you know. Don't fight your gear, man. Find what works. And and it could have very well be that on a straight-ahead gig, you like a different pedal. That's cool. I'm just talking for me. It just has come down to uh, I'm really comfortable with that pedal being at, under my foot. It's good stuff, man. So, John, you've got the DW9000 bass drum pedal, mm-hmm. and I'm throwing out the Behringer Zenix 1002 personal mixer. Super cool, man. Yeah. What works for one might work for another, you know. Certainly worth a try when you're talking, especially talking about that mixer, the minimal investment to have some more options. Because I know I use a pack, and I don't have that option. Granted, I can use my app to mix 
right. the digital board, but yeah. still, you still don't you don't necessarily have the individual strip of EQ channel for your main that, that's coming in like right. that. Yeah, that's because amazing. see, I do the same thing too. There's several bands that I work with where I've got the app on the phone where I can adjust, you know, the levels of other members levels of the of band, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so you get, let me tell you, you get both of those working together. You got that app and you got that little console going for you, man. You're in, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, there's not a lot of, not a lot to trip you up at that point. John, you got anything else today? Um, uh, uh, we got some great feedback about our time show. I know it's a subject that's, you know, yeah, everyone has an opinion on, but um, clearly we're not here to dictate, but got some great feedback on that and realized that. It's a it's an important subject, and I think the reason I bring it up is, I, I think we should always be thinking about time, and always be thinking about improving it, and always be thinking about how to accommodate others because it's not always going to just be about us. So something to keep. I think it should always be at the forefront of drummers' minds, like time and and the you know what what that entails and what that what's expected of you. Just keep an open mind and keep moving forward with coming to terms with it and it'll make your life a lot easier well and you know the other thing is this we it, it's a it's somewhat of a testament to our listeners their their kind of stick to and seriousness to respond to us on a topic that is that kind of abstract mm-hmm. i mean you got to sit and listen to what we were you know really talk of that last week's show was not light listening so to speak in other words you got to kind of dig in a little bit to to kind of figure out what we're talking about on some of that mm-hmm. stuff. So, again, mad props to the uh, listeners, man, that uh, that emailed us back and, and messaged, us, messaged us back regarding that show that listened to it and really liked it because it was not uh, it was not easy listening, that's for no. sure. And I, I think it, it, when you really talk about time and time feel, you know, I think it's a twofold thing. One, you know, someone who's really in touch with that that kind of separates the men from the boys, uh, you know, as far as really understanding the nuances of, of time and placement and all that. And it also separates you from others. It, that which is it a does. good thing. Yes. You know, yes, it you, does. You, you got your thing and your, your, your voice and your vibe and your feel and along with sound and all that, you know, all of this is going to make you who you are and hopefully make you more valuable to someone who digs you. If you've got something that is uniquely your own, even if it's your time feel, if that is your uniquely your uniquely own feel, you are better off than three quarters of all other players. I completely agree. Wow, that was we had a moment. What? You ready to shut this thing down? Yeah, man? I'm. Th- I'm. I'm gonna go sneeze. Me too. Let's have a nice coffatorium once this thing is done. So anyway, guys. Um, Do it on my wife's vanity. Bad, She'll man. love that. You don't have to ask me twice. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. If you do want to reach out to us, you can email us, drummersweeklygroovecast at gmail.com. Uh, you can interact with us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash drummersweeklygroovecast. And as always, you can tweet us and follow us at twitter.com forward slash dwgroovecast. John has threatened to start an Instagram page. We'll see about that. Um, Also, don't forget, enter our contest, folks. 
Next week, we are going to give you the for sure end date on that to where you can register for free. If it's free, it's for me. Uh, you can register to win a Peisty 20 Series 10-inch splash symbol, and you can also register to win a Gretsch Drums t-shirt. As always, don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, where you're going to leave a nice review there to get registered into the uh, contest, by the way. That's how you get registered. John, my mind is just a piece of crap, and I'm having problems putting we stuff are, together. We are yeah. closely related. Hey, seriously, uh, it's not lip service. I, 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 we can't thank you enough for listening and participating. Yep. I, I, I really want to make it clear that that's very genuine. We're having a lot of fun doing this show, and uh, people are, are getting aboard, and, and we really appreciate that. Yeah. So, yeah, go into iTunes. Go to our Drummer's Weekly Groovecast homepage inside of iTunes. Leave us a short written review. You know, Again, you have to leave your iTunes handle, your iTunes name. That way you will be automatically registered to win one of these two prizes. And then we will make that drawing sometime in mid-April. All right, and then uh, as far as finding us, you can always find us, of course, on iTunes, Google Play Podcast, Stitcher, Podbean, the podcast app on your phone of choice. We appreciate you. We love you a long time. Until next week, it's General Malays and Captain Trips, my Stephen King uh, little, uh, I guess you would call it, that's my reference to Stephen King's stand. We will see you next week. Say I'm, bye, John. I'm going to go out tonight and sit out. Oh, that's so nice what? of you. See you later. Peace. Peace.